Today I'm fired up, folks. I am fired up about this CDC decision about mandating, not mandating, recommending the COVID vaccine going on our childhood vaccination schedule. I have all kinds of thoughts and opinions, so let's check it out. This is the Gaining My Perspective podcast, and you're hanging here with me, Wendy Cunningham. You're here to get empowered, inspired, informed, and encouraged as we navigate the everyday journey of this crazy life. Stick around because we're going to laugh and we're going to learn. And above all else, we're going to gain perspective. Well, folks, it is official. I am changing my mind changing my opinion, if you will. I'm not afraid to do that, as so many people are. (laughs) I'm not afraid to admit when I'm wrong, because I'm wrong a lot of times, right? And I think this is actually something that is like in the political climate. So I'm going to blame the political climate and identity politics on why people are so stubborn about opinion changing, because That's usually something that is attacked in the political sphere. If you used to hold this opinion and now you hold this other opinion, people will like attack you in a debate on that, which makes no sense to me. It shows growth and maturity when you gain new information and you change your opinion on something, but that's not even the point. All that to say, I've changed my opinion. Happy to report, I am now officially an anti-vaxxer, not even ashamed of it totally down to join the club, join the group. My only regret is that I didn't join it (laughs) approximately 11 years ago as uh, my daughter just turned 11. Oh my gosh, today the CDC voted 15 to 0 to add, or I'm sorry, they voted to recommend to add the COVID vaccine to the childhood schedule. Now this does a number of things. Obviously, like it's insane, we're going to talk about that. It's good. It's time for a vaccine update. But it makes me go, my first thought was this is going to backfire just like everything else they do is backfiring. Because now people are going to go like I am today. Is this how all the vaccines got on the vaccine schedule? Because it's so very clear to me that the COVID-19 vaccine should not be on the childhood of all things, childhood vaccination schedule should not be on there for a number of reasons. I have not seen in my paying attention as a parent, another vaccine be added to the COVID or to the childhood vaccination schedule. So I can't really, this is my first experience. It's my first time, right? Going, okay, if this is how, or even close to how all other vaccines have been added to the schedule, then I don't want anything to do with any of them. I don't want anything to do with any of them. Now, that alone is probably going to give parents enough pause to go, if I'm going to reject one of the childhood vaccinations, perhaps I should start to research other of the childhood vaccinations, right? We all know that, I mean, I I literally just spoke with my mom about this. I've spoken with her several times about it, but when she was a child, she got like four vaccines. When I was a child, I got somewhere in the land of 20 something vaccines. And then now my children are loaded up with like 78 vaccines. Okay. 
The difference between my mom's generation and my children's generation is immunity was given actually by Reagan, which is an unfortunate. I think he would regret that looking back. Um, I see now, actually, today was the first time I understood the premise behind why he did that, just that the um, in the 80s or in the 70s, I should say, the late 70s, the government became very aw- awoken to the power of vaccines and how great they are, and they were God's gift to humanity, and some still hold this to be true. God's gift to humanity. We need to encourage other people to get, we need to encourage all the people to get vaccines. We need to, you know, encourage it via potential childhood recommendations. And the drug companies were like, whoa, 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 whoa. We know statistically there are injuries that happen with any medication. It would be like as if the CDC or the government was like, I'm going to recommend that Tylenol is given, you know, once a week or as an aspirin is given once a week to to children at the age of four on, or I'm just being arbitrary with whatever I'm throwing out here. Even aspirin, even Tylenol, even ibuprofen. These are drugs that have risks and have injury every single year. A certain amount of people who use these very common over-the-counter drugs experience an injury. So if the government is going to recommend that everybody, all their friends, gets a vaccine, the drug company is like, we're going to get our our bottoms handed to us because there's going to be obviously more injury because we know there's a ratio here and people can sue us. So I'm like, okay, that makes sense. It's not a it's not a reasonable reason in my opinion, but it makes sense as to how this came to be. I thought it was just like a backdoor deal, but it seems like maybe there was some sort of, you know, logical explanation that brought us to the point of drug companies having immunity for vaccines that are now 40 years later all but mandated for you to be in public school, right? So once there was immunity from, you know, for these drug companies, tell me, please email me at Wendy Cunningham, Wendy Cunningham at protonmail.com. Please email me and explain one single incentive that a drug company would have to make sure their product is safe when they cannot be sued if it injures somebody. Why do they care if it's safe? I mean, they could cut corners and you might say, because nobody's that evil. Okay. That's a, we could argue that point all day long. The Bible disagrees. <laughs> uh, corruption and power disagrees. Pfizer made billions and billions of dollars last year alone off this one vaccine. We do not know. We are not only laying incredible cover fire for these companies so that they're not implicated in just one of the greatest atrocities, medical atrocities on mankind that we're witnessing in front of our very eyes. This vaccine perpetuated on the American public, just mandated on the American public, just an atrocity. Everybody and their mother is laying cover fire for these drug companies, right? And we're seeing, we don't have any idea what the long-term consequences of this would be. We know that there are, there are very clear and more clear all the time, short-term consequences of this drug. We know that that ratio exists and it's higher than any vaccine ever. Actually, it's higher than all the vaccines put together ever in history, which is something to just give us pause, my goodness gracious. But what incentive when they're making billions of dollars and not having any anybody hold them accountable, why would they care? Why would they strive to make a product that is good or safe when everyone is going to parrot the narrative 
safe and effective, whether it is or isn't. Even when it's proven to not be, it's still going to be parroted. That's wild, right? So I don't know what incentive there could possibly be. And what's so funny is I remember having a conversation with someone who is very left and very pro-vaccine, which this was in in 2020. And at the time, I was still very pro-vaccine as a general concept. This was before the COVID vaccine had come out. And we had this discussion, we were talking about this immunity, and they just were like, couldn't imagine, you know, this person in particular is obviously, well, not obviously, but obviously, because they're so left, you know, against capitalism, against giant corporations making giant profits. And yet here we are in this massive contradiction of this private company making massive profit off of this medication that they did, in fact, take this person. And I remember having this conversation just going, gosh, I mean, to me, I am a a pro-vax at that time person. I have vaccinated my children. I myself am vaccinated. But I can understand that there's a little bit of a conflict here with, like, I, I really am unclear on the incentive from the companies to produce a good product when they're going to get the cover fire. I mean, we saw this with um, the, oh my gosh, what is the uh, HPV vaccine? It's coming to me. Gardasil. The HPV vaccine, Gardasil, is now, it came out when I was in my like teens and 20s, I feel like. And um, a lot of people, I think it's on the schedule now. A lot of people, first it was just for women. Now it's for men and women, even though men are, are not affected negatively by HPV at all. It is, it is a potentially linked to female cancers, but we can argue that. This drug is now, 20 years later, showing up as a massive blow to infertility. And yet it's still on the schedule being recommended, being implemented on just put out there all, all over the place. Big pharma TV commercials I still see all the time. We're only just now recognizing, oh, in fact, this isn't pure and safe and beneficial. Uh, Perhaps there's a conflict here. And then we're still not seeing you have any accountability for it. You're actually still selling it and people are still buying it. This is crazy to me. So the fact that we have an unelected body, the CDC, the Center for Disease Control, unanimously voting to put this on the childhood vaccine schedule. The drug maker itself does not have any liability for this drug being administered in this massive level to children who are not at any significant risk to of this disease. Now, I don't care if the vaccine wants to exist. I mean, we can argue that too, because I'm moving more and more conservative every day. But my libertarian self would say, you can get it if you want, like whatever. I don't care that it exists. I think it's absolutely evil. I think it is evil to give it to children. It is evil. There is no risk of this virus to a healthy child. But if your child is wildly immune compromised and you're worried about that, I wouldn't be giving them a medication like this because it is causing an immune compromised position in children and adults and everybody. We're seeing what's, it's like the uh, original antigenic sin that they were suspicious of, that it would cause issues with your immunity to COVID overall, which is what we're seeing now with the boosters having an actual negative efficacy, meaning if you take the jab, you're actually more likely to get COVID. This is like the worst case scenario. And yet here we are. We know that to be true. And yet we're still now making a recommendation to put it on the childhood vaccine schedule. Okay, so how do we hold the CDC accountable? We know we can't hold the drug makers accountable. Can we hold the CDC accountable? Do we even know who these people are? We could look it up. Do we have a way of removing them from power? We sure don't. Do we have a way of voting them in or out or or we can I did 
publicly comment on this, while public comment was welcomed and and allowed, I don't even know why I wasted the 38 seconds of my morning today to record my public comment, but I just want to be able to show my children someday. I did everything I could do within the system when the world is absolutely off the rails and over a cliff more than it is right now, if you could believe that. I want to be able to say to my kids and prove I am on record publicly coming out against this decision and yet 15 to zero didn't matter, right? So no, we can't hold the CDC accountable. The CDC, the FBI, the CIA, uh, unelected three-letter agencies, I guess those are what those are called, the FBI, the CIA, the CDC, these, uh, the FDA, that's another one, FDA, FBI, we don't elect them, we don't control them, we can't remove them, it's outside of the Constitution. There's no checks and balances on these things. And yet, in California, there's now a new bill that says if you are a doctor that comes out against the accepted consensus of this leftist ideology, then you can have your license revoked. This is insanity. This is insanity. And you guys, going back to what I said at the beginning, this decision from the CDC gives me pause, and I'm wildly informed on this issue, but I'm going, goodness gracious, this is the official day I become an anti-vaxxer, because if this is any way that you've come to any of the decisions on former vaccines, or previous vaccines, I should say, then I don't want any part of it. I don't want any part of it. In my case, with my children, I did like a moderate approach. I did do the full schedule with my my first child. However, I did a delayed schedule, which is to say that instead of giving them, you know, eight to 10 vaccines at any given visit, I gave them like two or three per visit. And I came in much more time. So it's more jabs. And this is exactly how the pediatrician said it to me as if like, I should feel bad about my decision, that I'm going to have to now jab my child more times, give them more shots like, I, I don't care if my eight-month-old has a momentary discomfort, but I'm preventing them, or in my head I was wondering, of hoping, praying that I was preventing them from some lifelong vaccine injury. Yeah, I'll take the extra shots, goodness gracious. But even the way that that was presented was, oh, you're going outside of the norm. Got to chastise you just a little bit. Luckily, thank you. My pediatrician did not do anything other than that little comment. And she did allow me to do a delayed schedule and gave me some guidance through that. I did the same thing with my son. However, my daughter did enter kindergarten. My son never did. So my daughter did have to get caught up as of kindergarten. So she got some additional boosters going into, kind going into kindergarten again. For those of you who know, I feel, re I, I feel remorseful. I, I don't believe that regret is a thing. It's a waste of time, but I do feel remorseful and I repent for that decision of making decisions not guided by Holy Spirit, not guided by prayer. I didn't pray over it for a second. I was a brand new baby Christian, not guided by research or information, guided by trust in authority, guided by trust in quote unquote, big fat quote unquote, experts. That is not how we should, and fear, and fear, right? I, I am afraid that my child will get this severe disease. And so I'm going to give them this medication that I really don't know how it works. I don't really know what's in it. I don't really know the risks. I asked exactly zero questions. I was given a handout. I did not read said handout and trusted, put my child's life and future in the hands of someone I see for five to 10 minutes in a visit a couple of times, right? 
goodness gracious. So I did do the delayed schedule. Then my son, my third, um, I did the delayed schedule and then abruptly halted after a year. I did not, I did not go any further than that because at that point, my youngest is about to turn seven. So about six years ago, I started to be a little bit more informed. I knew a lot of moms who had vaccine injured children at that point. I was starting to listen more to some of my nurse friends who had seen a lot of issues in the vaccine space who they themselves had already decided being administered of this, being administers of this drug, these drugs, I should say, had decided not to vaccinate their own children, I started to become a little bit um, better informed. And I made a different decision with my third child than I did my first two. However, my, my middle son did not get caught up. He did not get the boosters. So he finished his childhood schedule through the age of what, two? And then um, didn't get any more after that. And I don't know that I will ever give them another thing again. I mean, I am open to Holy Spirit's guidance in this and my discernment, but that's about it, especially as I sit here today and go CDC, how compromised, how many conflicts of interest, how many lobbyists sit at your desks. It makes me sick that you can go home and sleep at night. These people, whoever, these 15 people who unanimously voted despite, despite other countries going way out in front of America, we're supposed to be leading the world. We're supposed to be this like mega world power, which is a big fat questionable right this minute. We're supposed to be leading the charge, this like well-respected country in Western civilization. And this is how we make these choices. This is how we make these decisions. And there are other smaller, lesser respected countries that months ago stopped administering these drugs to children, specifically the COVID vaccine I'm speaking of now. Months ago, countries like Denmark said, no more, we're done giving this to young under 18. We have seen too much counterindication. This is causing too much injury. We know that if you're a young male, and actually, Florida just came out with this. The Surgeon General in Florida, bless this man. I just listened to an interview with him today. What a brave man in our times. Very well educated. You've got to go look at his credentials. He is an expert if there was ever an expert. And yet five experts got together and like debunked. Him. I'm like, oh, goodness gracious. This is the big question of the entire COVID 2020-2021 part of our life. Why, why do we listen to these experts and not these experts? What makes a mega expert? <laughs> like, what makes one expert different than another expert? If we're holding the same credentials, why do we give one that's saying one thing more weight when there's clear counter opinions out there from the same credentialed doctors, researchers, etc.? How do you become the expert that gets to have the final say? That's my question. I don't know. But this doctor out of Florida came out just a couple of weeks ago and said, I no longer advise for young men, not just children, but young men, I think it was like aged 18 to 65, to get this vaccine. Specifically men, he said there is an 84% increase in risk of cardiac death. Not cardiac injury. We're not talking about myocarditis or pericarditis or these other stats that we're well familiar with now. We're talking about cardiac death occurring in this age group, in this gender or sex, I'm not sure if you're supposed to say gender or sex these days. That's insane. 
that is insane, right? That we have this doctor, this not just doctor, but the the Surgeon General of Florida has come out and uh, and offered that as his recommendation. And in his interview today that I listened to on the Charlie Kirk show, he was saying it's just a bad idea for men of a certain age to get this. The risk benefit is so far skewed towards the risk. It's just a bad idea, and I can't, in good conscience, recommend it. As a matter of fact, he's recommending against it. He's recommending that you do not get it, okay? So we have these things going on. We also have, explain, riddle me this, Batman. I hope you all know about this because it is just the, it's so hard to know what people know. So hard to know what is mainstream and what is like just so clear and not conspiracy, but not mainstream. Hopefully you're following that. Uh, recently, the Pfizer, there was a Pfizer executive being questioned under oath, I believe it was in the EU, and he admitted that not only was the vaccine not effective against preventing transmission, hear me, they never tested it for whether or not it affected transmission. Now, of course, I know this, I don't mean to sound really snooty, but of course, I know this because I read the original data that came out of Pfizer and Moderna's clinical trials that were very limited. This was my initial concern. These are very limited in both scale, amount of people, as well as timeline, very limited. But I read the synopsis of their own clinical trial, and it said they had not tested for transmission, which blew my mind. And I tried to tell every single person I knew that. And yet, of course, it's 95% effective, 100% effective. I mean, what this says is that Pfizer did not just like keep their mouth shut when they should have been honest. They should have said, well, we didn't really test it uh, you know, to, to uh, about whether it was effective against transmission. The only thing they tested it for was whether or not it was helpful in preventing serious injury or death, right? And and those numbers were low and, and are relatively hard to prove as it was from their own data. But they didn't even test for transmission. So not only did they just not say, hey guys, let me just correct the narrative. We didn't actually test for transmission, so we can't make that promise. Not only did they not do that, but they lied and said it did prevent transmission. There are many, many Pfizer, Moderna, J&J executives that posted on their social media making these claims. That is a blatant lie. Now, I wonder if any of them will be held accountable. I guess we could argue that that's freedom of speech. They could say whatever they want, right? I mean, it to me, it goes back to the scenario of if I'm in a crowded movie theater and I yell fire, is my speech protected under that when I cause massive harm to the people as they evacuate the theater trampling each other? No, my speech is not protected. So is your speech protected when you are just flippantly lying about a drug that you're producing that is not in fact doing the thing that you're claiming it's doing. I, I just cannot believe that even today after that just happened like a week ago, probably because nobody freaking knows about it. I'm a little fired up. Sorry. Didn't mean to say freaking. Nobody knows about it. So we can now today just like laugh and slap everybody across the face and go, yep, we're going to make your kids take it. Now, let me be clear. The CDC voted to recommend that it be put on the schedule. 
Tomorrow, there's going to be another vote to actually put it on the schedule. I'm not really sure what what this means or what it could lead to, but it is not good. It doesn't mean it's a mandate, but if there are, like in California, you have to go with the childhood schedule to be in public school. So yes, your child is not technically mandated to take it if it's on the childhood schedule, but they can't go to school if they don't. They can't go to college if they don't. They can't go to the campouts at Boy Scouts if they don't. They shouldn't be in Boy Scouts, let's be honest. But there's a a number of things that you have to be up to date on your recommended schedule of vaccines in order to participate in. So even if you're like me and you homeschool, and I hope that you do, you're still not avoiding it. I'm still not avoiding this being an impact to my children because someday they're going to have to face missed opportunity because of this ridiculous, to use one word I'd want to use, decision. How do we hold these people accountable? How do we defund the CDC? How do we defund the FBI, the DOJ? Like, it's so far off the rails. It's insanity. It makes me sad. It makes me sad and and obviously angry, obviously heated, because I have so many friends that have children who are injured. I am so grateful that I am not aware of any injury in my child, nothing that's life-altering, praise God, nothing that has been revealed. But as I was, as I have done research, I mean, today is not the day I became an, today is the official day I became an anti-vaxxer. Yes, today is the day that I became an anti-vaxxer. But over the last six months to six years, I have slowly, much more in the last six months to a year, slowly informed myself, sadly too late for my own children, on what these vaccines are, what they do, how they came to be, what they actually, like, what is their efficacy? What are these diseases like diphtheria? What is diphtheria? And I, there's a number of resources I would recommend, and I'm going to, in just a second, to kind of enlighten yourself on this. And I'm, it's, it's interesting to me, so I'm going to continue to do it, um, despite my inability to protect my kids retrospectively from, from the drugs that were administered to them from the contribution I made to the evil corporations of Pfizer and whoever else made the the drugs that my children took. But I hope to educate other parents. I hope that other parents, and certainly I will help educate my children in terms of their uh, children having these drugs given to them. But again, this is, I'm just one example of, I'm sure, a trend that is going to occur, that is going to be a a direct backfire of this decision, that more parents are going to choose to go to heck with the whole system. I'm not giving them any of these drugs. And of course, that's not what they want. That is the decision I believe that everybody should be making. And I'll give you some more resources here in a minute. That's my official opinion stance. I'm not giving medical advice. That's my opinion as a now researched and informed mother. But I think there's going to be a lot more people like me that are going to go no more. I'm not giving them any if this is how you do it. I mean, these are things that occurred to me as I was starting to be awoken to this. I know that there's mercury in the vaccines. I don't, it never really occurred to me other than when I was pregnant, I was not supposed to have like lunch meat because of the possible issues that could cause with me. I was not supposed to have a certain amount of tuna fish because there's mercury in tuna. And if I got too much, it would affect the baby inside. But perhaps we should just give them as much mercury as we want in these vaccinations once they're on the outside and not worry about the consequences then. Like I can't eat tuna. 
too much tuna while I'm pregnant. But it didn't occur to me, wait, how much mercury is in the collection of vaccines? Like, what is the total amount of mercury that my child's going to have in their system before they even leave the hospital because there's a number of vaccines given at birth? What about when they're six months old, 12 months old, 18 months old? How much mercury does this tiny little human with an undeveloped immune system have when I'm not even supposed to have it while I'm pregnant? What about aluminum? I do know I'm not supposed to have aluminum in my deodorant because even the little amount of aluminum in my deodorant can cause breast cancer. But how much aluminum is in the collection of vaccines that I gave to my children? And how much is too much? Well, actually, you can measure this. There is a too much. And the very first set of vaccinations is too much for the children based on the age, weight, developmental status, but they give vaccines a pass. Yes, you're not supposed to have this much mercury unless it's from a vaccine. (laughs) Yes, mercury causes XYZ issues in developing children, but if it's a vaccine, it's that risk-benefit nonsense that we've been fed for the last 18 months, right? Yes, you're not supposed to have a certain amount of aluminum or heavy metals in a very small child, except for when we're talking about vaccines, then it's okay. Goodness gracious. You guys, they count on us being ignorant. They count on us not knowing. They count on us not researching. Other countries have stopped recommending this. You guys have to know, we are, I looked it up because I keep hearing that in the United States, we have terrible infant mortality. Now, I do not, I do actually know now that I'm thinking of this, I do know a larger than I'd like to say handful of friends who have had children pass in the in the first day to the first you know several weeks of a of a baby's life let's say the first year of their life i do have a couple of friends that are coming to my mind right now who lost a baby in that first days to weeks to months of that baby's life it's a tragedy it's so sad so i just didn't really think of america as having a high infant mortality rate because i don't know a lot a lot a lot a lot i do know some i'm sure you do too infants who have died early in their life, but I don't know um, a lot. So I actually was like, well, what is our infant mortality rate here in the United States? Well, what's more important is where do we rank in terms of infant mortality? You guys, in a list of 36 developed nations, we are 33rd. 33rd out of 36 countries, meaning we're at the bottom of the list, meaning we are performing atrociously. We are losing more babies in America than 33 other developed nations out of 36. That is so sad. And here we hold up our medical system as the absolute sent from God, brilliant, quote unquote, experts. Stop everything you're doing and listening to listen to everything they say. They are just the bar none, best of the best of the best of the best. That's what we're doing. That's the that's how good we are. 33 out of a list of 36. We're performing terribly in infant mortality. Why is that? Why is that? Is it because we are develop we're delivering more at home than other countries? Hard no on that. Is it because we're doing way more C-sections in other countries? I don't know, but I would probably say yes, because we are at at least a third of the births are 
C-section in our country, which is a lot. That's a wild amount of intervention in a pregnancy in a body that God designed to do that exact thing. I promise you, a third of women are not incapable of pushing their baby out of their body. It's that there is intervention that is most of the time unnecessary. Am I grateful for C-sections? Yes, I had three of them. (laughs) Grateful that that is a thing. Abused? Yes, it is. But I don't think that's why. I wonder if it doesn't have to do with the astronomical amount of vaccines that we give to our children here in the United States that other countries do not give to their children. I wonder if it has to do with that. We lose more children to SIDS than a whole lot of other countries. What is SIDS? Sudden Infant Death Syndrome. Well, that's so funny because as of 2021, we have a thing called SADS, Sudden Adult Death Syndrome. Oh, we didn't have that before. Or it was wildly rare that I never had even heard of it in my life. Do you know what I had heard of? SIDS. Do you know what I heard drilled up and down in my prenatal baby making classes? Not baby making classes, goodness. Baby birthing classes. (laughs) I'm on a roll. I heard about SIDS. Heard about SIDS. Well, when are we giving most people vaccines when they're babies? Are we usually giving adults vaccines? No, we're not usually giving adults vaccines. So we wouldn't have heard of SADS until we're giving every adult, not just one, not just two, four, five, six of the same vaccine in the in a year's time. All of a sudden we have a thing called SADS, which is very exactly the same as a thing called SIDS, unexplained death, just sudden death. How many sudden deaths can we take before we wise up and go, I know what's going on here. So there you go. That is where I'm at, guys. I'm an anti-vaxxer. I don't know if you are Oh, I told you I would give you your research to do. Okay. I'm going to post a book in the comments. I just read it while I was in Florida a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it's called the vac. I think it's called vaccines, vaccinations and questions every parent should ask. I so wish I had that book. It was written in 2010. So it was just terribly ironic to read it <laughs> post 2020 going, goodness gracious. Uh, could, uh, it was just staggering to read it back then without even knowing what I know now about the COVID vaccine. I was like, my gosh. So you got to read that book. It's very short. I read it in like a day and a half. You should follow Candace Owens. She did a remarkable um, deep dive on every shot that is on the childhood vaccine. It's called A Shot in the Dark, and there's episodes. It's also a podcast. You can find her on patreon.com. Um, but she did a series of every single childhood vaccine. And where did it come from? The history. What was the risk when the vaccine was developed? Like, what was the risk of death here in the United States? How many children were dying? How many children were saved? What is the ratio now of children that are dying? Is it better? Have we increased the odds? She goes through all of those questions and you'll be shocked at what her answers are. You can follow the Children Health Defense, which is Robert Kennedy Jr.'s um, organization. He is a great, he's been an advocate in in a lot of ways. I mean, he's a Democrat. He's gone absolutely against his party in this on long before the COVID vaccine. He's been an advocate for vaccine awareness, informed consent, and trying to get the word out about what is happening with our infant infant mortality rate 
the uh, just exposing the whole thing, exposing the whole sham. So Children Health Defense is a great resource as well. And then, of course, the movie and or book, The Real Anthony Fauci, if you want to just get an understanding as to the corruption and the conflict of interest that exists between the agencies that are meant to be there to protect us and the recommendations they're making, how wildly compromised they are, how much money they make based on the recommendations that they give. I mean, that's a conflict of interest. How can I take you seriously, right? I mean, this is so funny. It's like I said the other day at a a demo for the product that I sell that I can never tell somebody that they have good skin or your skin looks really great or you're looking really healthy because I sold them the product that's offering them the results. So I always feel like, of course, they're going to not believe me if I say it because I have a conflict of interest in them enjoying and seeing results and benefits from the product. So I never, I mean, I, I will, if they ask me, I will give them my opinion on whether or not they're looking radiant. But I always think it's kind of weird if I say because I obviously have a conflict, right? I, I have an incentive to not be honest and tell them your skin looks awesome when it doesn't or I can't tell the difference. So I never give the opinion. So if the CDC stands to make money off of the recommendations that they give, how is that an honest and unbiased source that should be there to protect us? My goodness. My goodness, y'all, we need to become informed. We need to guard these souls that we have been given, the our children, right? and ourselves. And my final plea, please, 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 please do not get the vaccine or another booster until you really do a deep dive and understand what other countries are doing, what studies exist, what benefits are being offered to you. Is there really, based on the actual data that we now have, a reduction in severe case or death with COVID, if you get the vaccine, is there? Go look, go read the studies. Don't just listen to your doctor because he gets paid to give it to you. He has a conflict himself, right? We trust our experts way too much in this country. My goodness gracious. Thank you so much. Obviously, I'm feeling very fired up about this issue. I feel like every time I do something about the vaccine, it's very animated. So I appreciate you hanging in there with me, y'all. Of course, I always recommend, not recommend, welcome your feedback, comments, questions, disagreements, whatever they might be, Wendy Cunningham at ProtonMail.com. Hey guys, thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate this podcast and tell all your friends. And of course, catch me over at GainingMyPerspective.com. Father God, thank you for your Holy Spirit that offers discernment, that offers us guidance, that offers us a firm foundation that we can cling to, that is not compromised, that is not influenced by worldly things like money or power or any of those things. Lord, I'm just so grateful that you are on the throne every day. I think that, oh my gosh, thank goodness that we have a father in heaven on the throne and he knows everything that's happening. He is not surprised and he has a plan that is for our good. My gosh, if this doesn't bring you comfort, I don't know what will, but Lord, I just pray for discernments in the moms and dads of our generation. I pray that you would lay this so heavy on their heart. I pray that you would open their eyes to the resources, to the stories, to the testimonies, to the parents, to the friends, 
guide them in their search for information to make the best choices for their family, Lord. I just ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.